to the Toys R Us report, a weekly journey into the life of a guy who spends more time in the toy section than the kid who hangs the figures from the pegs. Your host, Icy Robots. Greetings, Earth people. I am from Jupiter. It's me again, Icy Robots. I'm not a hero. I just sacrificed to make your life a little bit better, and this week it's going to be a lot better because we have another exciting edition of the Toys R Us report. This is episode number 13. Can you believe it? 13. That's like a baker's dozen. That's when like you buy some donuts and he gives you one extra one because he's cool. We're at that point. This is like the one extra podcast because you are super cool. I want to thank each and everybody out there for tuning in each and every week. I love you guys. I would be nowhere without you. And considering that I'm nowhere with you, who knows where I would be if you guys weren't here with me. So this is for the week of December 10th, 2014. We are like so close to Christmas. Can you believe it? It's like we are breathing down the neck of Christmas. It's like a slot car race and Christmas is just an inch in front of us. How are you guys doing with your uh, Christmas shopping? I've got some done a little bit. I got my wife. I got her something fantastic that she's going to love. I can't say it here because she might find out. I got something for my bro. I need to get some stuff for my daughter and I would get something for my parents, but they're moving right now, and they're trying to get rid of everything they have. They've asked us to make a donation to Toys for Tots for them, and that's awesome. I I love Toys for Tots. I think it's so fun to buy things and give it to people and imagine how happy they would be when they get it. I, I've always had enough toys to play with, and I can imagine the pain of not having enough. So I'm very happy to always give something for Toys for Tots, and I recommend that you do too. Let's do that. Let's go out there and... Let's donate. Let's donate tons and tons of toys in the name of the Toys R Us report. Go to Toys R Us, buy something, take a picture of it, send it to me at uh, Icy Robots, at Icy Robots on Twitter with a picture of what you did, and I will post it on the Icy Robots Facebook page at facebook.com backslash Icy Robots. If that's not motivation to do something good for somebody else, I don't know what you need to do something. I don't know what kind of a person you are. So let's all go out there, Toys for Tot It Up. Give the good gift. Give the gift that keeps on giving the gift of toys. We got some fun stuff in store for you over the next half hour. We are going to look at David Fincher's film, Gone Girl. We're going to talk about the Goldbergs. And we got a retro toy roundup about one of my favorite action figure lines, AWA Matt Mania by Remco. All right, let's take it away. Hey everybody, this is Ferg from the Atari 2600 Game by Game podcast, and you are listening to the Toys R Us Report with your host, IC Robots, right here on the Throwback Network. Tuesdays this fall, ABC is taking you back to a decade that was totally awesome. The only one who understands me is Flavor Flav. Like that. In the 1980s. Why go shopping when your sister's jeans fit you so perfectly? And she's beautiful. Family communication. What the hell? I'm gonna creep your face! Wasn't exactly PC. 
I raised a moron. The Goldbergs, Tuesdays this fall on ABC. I have been meaning to talk about this for the longest time. Do you guys watch the Goldbergs? I gotta say, if you're into the retro scene and you're not watching the Goldbergs, my man, you are missing out. If the show wasn't funny, which it is, there is still enough retro things in the background, enough retro set dressing to make it really worth your time just to see. They have, like, the coolest VCRs. The youngest kid has great toys. He has everything. He has the USS flag in his basement. He has Shogun Warriors. He has the Godzilla Shogun Warrior that shoots its fist. It's great. It's worth it just to watch and see what you can see in the background. And the show is funny. It's about this family. The father owns a furniture store called, get this, the Ottoman Empire. You know, like an Ottoman where you put your feet. It's I love that name. It's Woody. He's played by Jeff Garland, who you might know from Curb Your Enthusiasm as Larry David's agent. He He's probably the biggest name person in the show, and it revolves around his family. It's basically a 30-minute sitcom set in the 80s with all the great 80s foibles. There's one. There's one of my favorite episodes. They... But they rent a videotape and they lose it and they have to deal with the video clerk and the outlandish late fees of the day. The clerk is played by the always great Martin Starr, who you might know from you know, all those movies with Seth Rogen. He was in, what was that show called? Um, Golly Gee Whiz. What was that show called back in the day? It was him, Seth Rogen, and James Franco, and there are like kids in high school Golly geez, holy crud. I cannot, I am drawing a blank. I even introduced my daughter to this show because I thought it was so great. Not the Goldbergs, the other show. Hold on one second. I'm going to look this up. I will be right back. It's killing me. Freaks and Geeks. It was called Freaks and Geeks. I didn't have to get very far to remember that. I don't even know why I drew a blank. The idea for the show is there was this guy, Evan Goldberg, and he's a producer, and when he was younger, he would tape everything. He was a video head. He would just tape the day-to-day things of his life. And now, when he's an adult in Hollywood, he's taking these things that he recorded as a youth and turning them into sitcom episodes. It's really great. You can see at the end, he'll play little clips from the real-life versions of what he made into the show, and you can see... Like, how near and dear this is to him. How realistic it is to what he was going through. And that, it's just a great little touch. They'll always end it with, he'll show you some of the new characters he introduced in real life. He's using real life names and real life situations. This is just good stuff. If you feel like you're missing the 80s sometimes, watch the Goldbergs and you'll get a little bit of it out of your system. Not all of it, but you'll get enough to where... You can go another day without having to, you know, take drastic measures and wear a Swatch watch or something. Anyway, I have 20 episodes of the Goldberg saved on my DVR right now, and I I don't know what I'm going to do with them. I've never had that many of anything taped, but I keep adding to them, and I just can't bring myself to delete them. I think I might copy them onto VHS tape. I got this buddy named Noah, and he and I will trade VHS tapes back and forth, and I think this could be something he would enjoy. Let's see. That's about 10 hours, so that's a tape and a little bit with some room at the end. Maybe I can throw some Tim and Eric's on there or something for him. I like the idea of being the only dude out there with the Goldbergs on VHS. It tickles me. It tickles my fancy. Anyway, I keep saying anyway, anyway, anyway. If you're not watching it, go do it. I don't know. It's only going to be like 22 minutes without commercials, so just 
take that time, watch the Goldbergs, re-enjoy the 80s, because if we're not watching it, it's, you know, it's aimed at us. It is aimed for us retro people. It's just, if there was like a retro show called The Retro Show, this is what it would be. So just check it out, man. Check it out. ISR recommended. Let's get going into the movie review. Beautiful wife, handsome husband. Wife goes missing on her anniversary. Nick Dunn, did you kill your wife? We need to prepare your defense. If we decide to go with your version of the truth. This man may truly kill me. In her own words. Well, you bumped up Amy's life insurance to 1.2 million. Because she told me to. That's your wife, Nick! This is a ticking time bomb. What about my son, Nick? Gone Girl, rated R, October 3rd. All right, so Saturday night, it's all right to go see a movie. It's not all right for fighting, despite what Elton John would want you to believe. We headed out to see Interstellar, and sadly, we didn't make it. Uh, So instead, we saw Gone Girl, the latest by David Fincher, which opened up over a month ago. And believe it or not, the theater was packed. It was jam-packed. We had to kind of squeeze in near the wall. Still, though, it was worth it. The movie was great. Fincher as always, delivers. You might know him from Seven and Fight Club and one of my personal favorites, Zodiac. Dude always comes through with the goods, and this time, like every other time, he delivered. This is a fantastic movie. It's long. Don't get me wrong. It is really long, almost as long as Interstellar, but it goes by so that you don't even notice. I did not at any point feel as if I should get up and leave. I didn't feel like I had to get up and go to the bathroom. I was glued to my seat and totally into it. Basically, the plot of the movie is that a dude played by Ben Affleck is accused of killing his wife. One day, he goes off to work, and she's gone. She is the gone girl, and all, everything points to him. He seems like a total D-bag. He's not the coolest guy in the world. There is a journal of abuse Everything is pointing to Ben Affleck. I don't want to give away anything beyond that. I don't want to say a word about it. You know, Ben Affleck, he seems like he's a cool guy, but he is a total douche on the screen. I don't know what it is. When you see dude, he's always, he's just unlikable. I don't know. He seems in real life like he might be fine, but when you get him on the screen, he can play this character, you know, back from the days of Mallrats up till now. Hardly anybody plays a douche better than him, and he he comes through again. He delivers the douchey goods as good as you could do. Or you could say he douches as good as you could douche, I guess. Uh, To put a little spin on that, a little play on words. I'd recently read Gone Girl. One day I was just kind of loafing around the house, and my wife saw me not really doing anything. And she's like, go read a book or something. And I told her, well... You know, I'm all out of Star Trek novels. I got to get down to the the thrift store to find some more. And she's like, well, I just bought this book here, Gone Girl. Read it. And I remember it being a a book club pick at the library when I was working there. So I was familiar with it, but I didn't know a lot about the plot. And I had nothing else to do. So I dove into it. And, dude, I was through it in a couple days. I It's it's a great book. And the movie is – seriously, the movie is just as good, if not better. They – Tighten it up a little bit. They add a little bit. It's great. I don't know. It gets the ISR 10 thumbs up review. Go see it as soon as you possibly can. I think that I saw that it's coming out on DVD. So maybe hit up your Redbox. Hit up your local video store if you have one. Or do what you got to do. Just go check it out. You will not be disappointed. 10 thumbs up. ISR approved. (laughs) 
And now, the Retro Toy Roundup. AWA Matt Mania by Remco. All-Star Wrestling. All-Star Wrestling is sanctioned by the AWA, the American Wrestling Association. All-Star Wrestling presents the top professional wrestlers from the United States, Canada, England, Germany, Australia, Mexico, Poland, Japan, the greatest professional wrestlers from throughout the world. And now to the ring for All-Star Action. All right, here we go again with another exciting edition of the Retro Toy Roundup. The Retro Toy Roundup is the portion of the show when we take a look back into the past. We get in our time machine and we dip into it and we head usually not so far into the past. I think maybe er, 30 years is the longest we've gone. This time, well, I guess this time we're going another 30 or so years into the past. We're taking a look at AWA Matt Mania by Remco. Matt Mania was an action figure line based on the now-defunct American Wrestling Alliance based out of Minneapolis, Minnesota by the now-defunct toy company Remco, which was based out of, I believe, Newark, New Jersey. The series was short-lived, lasting only two years, 1985 and 1986, but it is significant in the amount of Hall of Fame grapplers who made their debut during those two years. I'm talking dudes like Ric Flair and Nick Bockwinkle and Abdullah the Butcher and even more contemporary dudes like Shawn Michaels, who really are not that contemporary, but are a little bit more so than, say, Nick Bockwinkle, I suppose. Before we get too far into the toys, I think it's important to answer the question, what was the AWA? The AWA was the American Wrestling Association, which was a promotion based out of Minneapolis, Minnesota, that was founded by Vern Gagne and Wally Carbo. The American Wrestling Association had quite a few significant stars over the years. Dudes like Hulk Hogan and the Road Warriors got their start there, but they really had a problem holding on to their talent. To me, that's the big problem. They would start guys like Shawn Michaels or Rick Martel, and then they would lose them to higher-paying jobs in World Championship Wrestling at the time, Jim Crockett Promotions, or the WWF. By the time 1985-86 rolled around, the AWA was crazy mad hurting. They had lost a large portion of their market share when they lost their biggest star, Hulk Hogan, to the WWF. They did rebound and grab a WWF star in return, namely Sergeant Slaughter, but it wasn't really enough. Still, though, you got to respect the fact that in 85 and 86, they decided to not only promote their first ever super show, an awesome thing called Wrestle Rock, which, if you ask me, is a way cooler name than WrestleMania, but that's just me. I'm thinking, like... It's wrestling and it's rocking. Kind of, it was biting a little bit from the whole rock and wrestling connection that the WWF was doing at the time with Sergeant Slaughter. Still, though, you got to respect it because not only did they do Wrestle Rock, they also launched Matt Mania with Remco. Sadly, though, neither one was significant enough to make any kind of a dent in the WWF. And even though they were able to hold on for a few more years and they did manage to grab an ESPN TV contract, they soon went under. You are listening to the Toys R Us report. And now you know. Following on the heels of LJN's successful release of WWF Superstars in 1984, Rimco debuted Matt Mania the following year, 1985, relying heavily on the AWA's super-stacked tag team division, the set mostly focused on two packs of teams, even though there were a few 
individual matchup releases included. The lineup is as followed. The Fabulous Ones, Steve Kern and Stan Lane, both of whom later went on to success in different areas. Steve Kern was a very successful single star throughout the Florida region and later went on to wrestle as Skinner in the WWF. Stan Lane became a member of the Midnight Express and also for a while was an announcer in the WWF. There was also the Road Warriors, Hawk and Animal. The first release came with them having a title belt. The second was without the belt. The third team was the High Flyers, which was Greg Gagne, who is the son of Vern Gagne, who was the promoter of the American Wrestling Association, and his partner, Jim Brunzel, who went on to great success in the World Wrestling Federation as a member of the tag team, the Killer Bees, with his partner, B. Brian Blair. There was also two individual sets of matchups known as main events. The first one was Rick Martel, who moved on to the WWF later and became the model Rick Martel, and Baron Von Rasky, who was an AWA mainstay and did not have any success in any other promotions after this point, even though he was very successful in the past leading up to this time. The second one is a little interesting. It's NWA World Champion Ric Flair making his action figure debut and top AWA contender Larry Zbysko. I don't know how they managed to broker an NWA champion into their set, but it's really cool that they did. Oh, I forgot to mention this. The Rick Martel Baron Von Rasky set came with an AWA souvenir pinky ring, which was plastic and gold, and looked like the AWA logo. It is one of the coolest, greatest things I've ever seen. I've looked for one of these on the collector market, and I've not been able to find one that wasn't included with a sealed-on-card action figure set, which is going to be very expensive. I would love to have this ring, though. I am a big AWA fan and a big fan of belts and anything that has the logo on them. If you ever see one at a flea market or anywhere, grab it for me. I'll be happy to pay a little bit. Not too much. You know, enough to make it worth your while, but not enough to where you can pay the rent for the month. I'm thinking maybe five or ten dollars. I don't know. You probably will never find one. Things like these were very, very cheaply made, and unfortunately they tend to not stand the test of time. Series 2 expanded the line in 1985 into a series of three-packs or trios. The first one was the Road Warriors, which was included in Series 1, but this set included Precious Paul Ellering, their manager. As far as I know, this is the first and only Precious Paul Ellering action figure, unless at some point the WWE made a Legends release of him. There was also Jimmy Garvin and Steve Regal. Now, this is not the Steve Regal that you know from the WWF. It might be the Steve Regal you know if you follow the AWA, but this is not the more successful English guy, Lord Steven Regal. I feel a little bad for the original S. Regal. He's just been completely overshadowed by, you know, to be frankly, the more cool, more talented British Stephen Regal. Their two-pack included the first and only female figure in the series, their valet, Precious, who was at the time, I believe, Jimmy Garvin's wife. There was also the Fabulous Freebirds, which consisted of Michael P.S. Hayes, Terry Gordy, and Third Banana, Buddy Roberts, as well as Ganya's Raiders, which was another packaging of Greg Ganya, and also, as far as I know, the action figure debut of future Hall of Famer Kurt Henning. 
these are a little weird. There was two sets. There was one of the Ganya's Raiders with just them and their trunks, and then there was a second series where they wore camouflage because they were doing, like, a we're so tough, we're, like, militaristic gimmick at the time. Let's take a little pause right now and listen to the only AWA Remco commercial I was able to find. It is for the Battle Royale playset. All right, take it away. Ladies and gentlemen, a tag team extravaganza. Let the Battle Royale begin. Looks like Hawk is about to drop in on the fabulous ones. Oh, the Baron's after the animal. Boo! Boo! The animal has other plans. Mm. Will you look at this? Rick Martell is throwing Steve Kern right out of the ring. Oh my! And the Hawk has Stan Lane all tied up, and he's mad! The Battle Royale playset comes complete with six figures, referee, and official wrestling ring from Remco. So rounding out Series 2 was the brother tag team of the Long Riders, which was made up of Scott and Bill Irwin. They came with these really cool long trench coats and also a VHS cassette two-pack release. When I say two-pack, I mean two wrestlers, and that was uh, Steve Kern and Kurt Henning, and that was called the fight to the finish. You know, you cannot beat an action figure VHS tape combo when you're talking about retro 80s stuff. So, Series 3 came out in 1985, and it continued the two-pack idea. The first one was Nick Bockwinkle and Larry Zbysko. This is the first Nick Bockwinkle that you're going to see. Then there was Scott Hall. Now, Scott Hall, we all know, made it a big dent in the WWF and the WCW as Razor Ramon, and this is his debut, and it came with his opponent, gorgeous Jimmy Garvin. The third one was Stan Hansen. Stan the Lariat Hansen, who had an incredible run in Japan and his opponent Jerry Blackwell who was a big fat guy who could do drop kicks the final one of this set was Carlos Colon the Puerto Rican legend and the man who now owns a Chinese food restaurant in Atlanta Hall of Famer Abdullah the Butcher who came with these cool baggy red pants he's one that I do have and I do enjoy because he has his blade scars in his forehead he would you know in wrestling to get blood you you give yourself a little cut on the forehead and Abdullah was just a total blood and guts guy. Some people have said, and I do believe it, that his dents on his forehead from scars were so deep, he could stick a poker chip inside of them. How disgusting is that? In 1985, they also included some accessories and playsets in the, the series. The first one was the Battle Royal set, which had seven different wrestlers and also a referee... Nasty Ned, or sometimes Curly Brown. There was a steel cage match, which was basically a ring with a steel cage around it. There was a second Battle Royal playset with a slight variation to the ring. There was a regular ring, and there were some VHS figure combo packs, which information on these is sketchy at best. In 1985, they also came out with something called Thumbsters, which was an answer to the WWF's Thumb Wrestler series. And they were basically little rubber dudes with holes in their back where you could stick your thumb inside for when you were thumb wrestling your friends you could you know get some kind of licensed characters instead of you know just your average everyday boring old thumbs the three packs of two were rick flair and larry zabisco greg ganya versus road warrior hawk that doesn't seem like much of a fight ganya i've always heard people say he had a good mind for wrestling and that he's a nice guy but the guy was a little skinny and i could not imagine him fighting road warrior hawk it would not be pretty and there was also Rick Martel versus Road Warrior Animal. Now, this rounds out all the various releases of the AWA sets. But well, one of the things I've always thought was cool and interesting, I don't know if it's cool, but it is interesting, is that AWA reused 
the Warlord action figure body molds for the dudes. I think that's cool. It's kind of smart, and it also sort of made them playable with your Masters of the Universe figure, because as we know, if you listen to the Warlord uh, episode from a few, you know, a few episodes back, Warlord was meant as something that you could use with your more popular Master of the Universe figures, and this kind of made it so you could cross over Road Warrior Hawk and have him fight with, you know, Prince Adam, or you could have gorgeous Jimmy Garvin in there fighting with Man of Arms, Man at Arms, rather. That's pretty fun. I, I've always been a fan of crossing over lines, and if they share a similar stature, it makes it all the easier. I've gone on a bit longer than I wanted to on this topic, but I think I should touch on the market value of some of these. The earlier releases were a little bit more common than the later ones, and therefore a little cheaper. If you're looking for some of the final figures in the final wave, you could be talking hundreds of dollars for them mint on card. I'm not kidding. I was looking around on eBay, and some dude had an entire set of everything for sale. He wanted $10,000. Now, to me... That's a little crazy to pay for a toy set, but I would imagine you could talk him down a bit. Maybe, I don't know, offer him $3,000 cash arena, and that might land it for you. I don't know. That's just me presuming that somebody, when offered 3,000 greenbacks, might want to part with some of their action figures. But you never know. Maybe bros think I'm going to hold out for the whole 10, and eventually somebody's going to come across and give it to them. As an eBay seller, there is... A philosophy. It's called list it and forget it. What it means is just put something up, ask for what you think is a fair price, and never think about it again. If he's going with the list it and forget it on his 10000 hey, you're stuck. But maybe he's the kind of dude who kind of worries about his auctions, worries about his sales, and you might be able to talk him down a bit. Anyway, that's all up to you if you're interested in that. I don't imagine that Anybody out there listening right now wants to spend $10,000 on an action figure line that no one even remembers today, barely. So, anyway, let's move on to the final segment of the show, known as the Toys R Us Report. Make sure to visit virtual.mall.com and support the show with a generous purchase of some retro or not-so-retro junk. You won't be sorry for long. Up next, the Toys R Us Report. Okay, here we go with the final segment of the show, otherwise known as the Toys R Us Report. And the Toys R Us Report is the part of the show where I tell you all the different things that I saw at the different toy stores I visited over the course of the week. So, let's get started with that. The first place I headed was, of course, the Toys R Us to do a little Christmas shopping. And Christmas shopping... Christmas shopping is fun if you're the shopping type because it gives you the chance to spend a little more than you wouldn't normally because you're buying things for other people and people you care about. But it also gives you the chance to look at different things that you might not normally look at because, again, you're buying things for other people. I don't know if you know this. This is the good news. While we were at the Toys R Us, and I did a breaking news audio on this, so if you've been paying attention to that, you're already aware, but I feel that it bears repeating. I found a Holy Grail figure while I was at the Toys R Us. The Marvel Legends Rocket Raccoon. I have been looking for this one since the Jump Street. I have been looking for it ever since they first came out. And, well, this was the time I went in there and it was there. I could not believe it. It was just the greatest. It's the greatest feeling when you get one of these. You get this just like uncontrollable smile on your face. It's the feeling knowing that a quest has ended. So I did get the Rocket Raccoon and that's all good in the hood. Go check the Breaking News audio for more details on that. 
I got a really great present for my nephew. I'm not going to say what it is in case somebody out there is listening and will ruin it for him, but I got him a very nice present that I'm sure he will like. I personally would like it myself. It's from something I really enjoyed. If you check back a couple episodes, you will hear it's about a film. I might have given away too much already. So let's stop with that talk and move on to the Toys for Tots stuff. I do this every year. I love it. It makes me happy to pick up these things for some people. It makes me... I get bummed out thinking that there are people out there on Christmas who aren't getting cool presents. And I'd like to do something about it. So every year... Me and my family do the Toys for Tots, and I will tell you what I got this year. I got three sets of Star Wars Command figures. Do you know what those are? They're the little plastic ones that look like the green army men that we used to play with, but they're really highly detailed Star Wars figures. I got three pack, all three packs, all from the original trilogy. There is the Galactic Empire, which is really cool. You get a bunch of Stormtroopers, some Royal Guardsmen, and an exclusive Emperor Palpatine, and then I also got the uh, indoor attack from Empire Strikes Back, and in that one you get a couple vehicles, a couple of the forest troopers, you get an Ewok, you get a chicken walker, a TIE fighter, Luke Skywalker, and a bike scout commander, which is pretty dope as well. Those two are both are both exclusive. Let me move back in here. And then the final one is the Desert Escape Star Wars Command Kit. I'm looking at them right now, so you might hear a little rustling. And that one is also from, that's from episode four. You get Han Solo, you get an exclusive Boba Fett. Han Solo is also exclusive. There's Chewbacca, a couple Stormtroopers, a land speeder, Luke with a lightsaber, a couple more Stormtroopers. That's 12 figures altogether, including R2-D2 and C-3PO. I'm pretty pleased with these. I think that whoever gets it will be able to get a lot of playability out of these. And the fact that their army man style means you have to use your imagination a little more, and I enjoy that as well. We also got a couple of, let me move back in here to the mic while I reach for them, a couple of the Titan Hero series Guardians of the Galaxy figures. We got Rocket Raccoon and Star-Lord. I picked those up as well because they were on sale. It was buy one, get 50% off. So I figured, hey, maybe somebody will like them. So we got all that stuff, and I'm really pleased with it. I think that you guys should consider doing the Toys for Tots if you do. If you do anything, just take a picture of it, send it to me with the hashtag Toys for Tots, and I will post it on the Facebook page, which which is icrobots backslash, wait, facebook.com backslash icy robots yep doing toys for tots can be pretty fulfilling and i recommend it to anybody out there also we went to the target and i saw some cool stuff there i saw the marvel legend 3 pack with miss marvel captain america and i believe it's the radioactive man who is all green and translucent i hadn't seen that before in person so that was pretty neat i don't think that it's something i'll buy but i do kind of think it's it's cool also they had some marvel infinity series figures there that i had not seen before it was uh, Marvel's Death Head, I believe, and then they had individual packs of the Guardians of the Galaxy figures. They had Drax as well as Rocket. I believe that's all that was in there. There was some on the card back that I saw that, I, that were not at the store, including Red She-Hulk and somebody else. I'm trying to do this by memory. Usually I'll take a picture so I can look at it when I'm doing this, but my phone has been on the fritz and... Every time I try to take a picture, it reboots itself. Every time I get a call, it reboots itself. And I keep awaiting a new phone in the mail, and it just has not come yet. And i got to say, I'm a little disappointed with you, Verizon. I feel as if you should have gotten that to me by now. 
Anyway, we are going to have to cut and run and get out of here, head for the hills, go into the deep weeds, and not be seen for another seven days of toy searching. Anyhow, do us a favor, go over to virtualdirtmall.com, do a little holiday shopping, help support the show, check us out on Facebook, like I said, facebook.com backslash icyrobots, hit up my Twitter feed, follow me, it's well worth it, that's uh, at icyrobot on Twitter. Anyway, we're going to go for it. If you don't know, now you know. I'm Audi 5.